welcome everybody to a new edition of the Art Business Podcast. And my guest today is Christy Chan. Welcome, Christy. Thank you very much. And Christy uh, is an alumna of Southerners Institute of Art London, uh, but she didn't take the MA Art Business, which I direct. Uh, she took the MA in Contemporary Art. Um, and before that, she studied fine art at, at the Slade, where she, she did a, her Bachelor's of Fine Arts there. And, and today we're going to be talking a lot about her, her artistic practice, uh, as well as maybe something about her time at the Institute. And um, Christy, you, you were at the Institute in that fated year of 2019 to 2020, when uh, COVID broke out and the first lockdowns occurred in, in London in late March. Um, we were, I was with the students and colleagues at the European Fine Art Fair in Maastricht in the Netherlands, and uh, the, the COVID broke out amongst the curators quite controversially and they, they then closed the fair down. So we never actually got to see the fair properly. Uh, we rushed everybody, everybody back to London on Eurostar. Uh, and then we never saw them again. We, we were, you know, physically, they were always online. So do you have any memories about that year and when that happened and the effects it had on you and your colleagues? Um, I think the marker, well, the contemporary art cohort, we were either in Antwerp um, so we were also on a trip, um, we were, I think we just left Netherlands and then we were going through Belgium. <laughs> um, so, so when that happened and then we heard about the FIAC, uh, people in FIAC being like, oh, we've got to leave. And then we we're like, you know what, like, there's only 30 of us, it's fine, we can just relax. And we finished our whole trip um, and then went into that sort of break, that two weeks break. And then obviously everything was online. but. For me, it was really great because I could, you know, most of the time I, or at least during Sotheby's Institute of Arts, um, I really had trouble trying to balance painting and studying. Uh, you know, back when I was at Slade, it was very much studio time, so we didn't, we never really had much structure. Maybe there were like one or two lectures every week. <laughs> I wish, I wish. <laughs> yeah, so it would be like three hours long, but they were all like, you know, very much about art practices and mm -hmm. it's really different from um, studying art history and art theory when I was here. Uh, so it was really nice to like kind of relax a little bit and, you know, not be super tired by the end of noon and <laughs> having to go back into lectures again. Um, and, and that really gave me a lot of time to um, paint again. Yeah, because we were all sitting in our homes and exactly. I guess your studio was in your home. Yes, um, yeah, well. so I've set up like a space and yes. a living room where I can paint. Um, and that really um, helped me with uh, understanding my practice a bit more yeah. because, you know, I've been studying and then I'll be like, oh, this is something that I never thought about. Because, <laughs> yeah, when I was at Slade, I was 18 and I literally just got out of school. Um, so I was confused, I was like, oh, there's a library, but I was 18, so, you know, I was like, should I party, should I go to the library, <laughs> obviously I'm going to go to the library. So, um, yeah. it actually, it did focus people, didn't it? So, yeah, 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 absolutely. Well, yeah. at least for me, I, I know a lot of people struggled. Yeah, um, but you had something that you could do at home that was, <laughs> that was part of your soul, as yeah, it were. Yeah, know? yeah. It, it was really lovely, and, you know, I was painting about my grocery trips, or the, the one one walk a day was it one a form of exercise <laughs> i think we were only allowed one walk a day yeah exactly um and, and i you know i made paintings about that and i made paintings about um or reminiscing the the time where a few friends from uh, our cohort came to mine and we had cheese one blue so i made paintings about all that um and, and it was um it was really endearing for me to you know be able to 
kind of take these um, friendships and emotions out and kind of debug them in front of myself when I have time. Yes, yeah. that's brilliant. Yeah. And I'm glad that you you know you make the most of that yeah. that, that sort of problematic time. And um, <clears throat> um, what I was going to ask um, is, to what extent did suddenly coming out of, of doing a degree at Slade in fine art? And just to remind listeners, there's an earlier podcast where I interviewed Georgia Dinner, who's also yes, at Slade doing yeah. an MFA. So uh, you know they 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 they're from the same institution, yeah. great institution. And um, uh, but but I was going to ask what what it was like to suddenly study Macca coming from Slade and then coming into the institute and studying quite a theoretical program mm -hmm. such as the MA in Contemporary Art here. Um, I think back at Slade there was I mean there still is a, a large part um, within the student body that we are interested in theory we are talking about. Um, Paintings, the uh, painters then, artists then, artists now, um, everything that informed them. Um, but when I was here, it was just a lot more concise. So it wasn't like, so yeah, you know, in the studio we were like, oh, we're a bit bored now. Let's have a coffee and just you know <laughs> chat about art. And yeah. and um, so so it would be quite scattered. But yes. like here it was more. It was like you know, it's a, proper, yeah, it's, probably a, it's a proper degree. <laughs> so, so, um, so, and and uh, when I was at high school, um, mm. I I also did like history and art and that kind of stuff, but not history of art. So it it was quite different, but um, it was quite nice to be thrown back into this academic environment where um, people are there or interested. They're genuinely interested um, about you know why that happened, why artists do this, why artists do that, how has the art world changed and what informed certain movements and so on. It was incredibly interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and did you did you find like on some of the visits that you went on, like you spoke about being in Antwerp and COVID broke out, did you find any of those visits, like the art you were looking at and discussions you were having, did that inform any of your artistic, your own artistic practice at all, do you think? Any of the theory, did you get interested in any of the theories and think them through in your art, art yes. or was it a separate thing? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily say the trips informed me, but I think they helped me understand different art forms a lot better. Uh, when, when I was at Slate, I was genuinely just focused in, in painting and I kind of had trouble sitting in uh, like uh, multimedia crits and I would be mm. like, I have no idea what's going on. You know, they get really conceptual and I'll be like, I can't picture it, I can't visualise it, what's going on. Um, so going on those tri uh, trips, particularly going to um, the Julia Stockhedge collection with video art, I, I was just like, wow, this is insane. And I think that kind of opened up a new world to me uh, visually. And I also started making like really short films. Um, and, uh, and then I remember uh, learning about, who was it? Um, they were in Leipzig. And they made a, a show about labor. I think it was um, Green and Draxit, mm -hmm. uh, which you know, I learned a lot about them and I wrote a, uh, one of the essays on them. Mm -hmm. and, and I think shortly after, you know, graduate, well, not really graduating, I think we were still writing our dissertation. I went to Leipzig for residency. Fantastic. For three months. And, and, and that really, um, even though it was like, 20 years apart, I think they did the, the, the work in 1997. Um, so for me, it was 
it was so strange to be in the same space, well obviously not in the same building, but um, to see how the city has changed and how it has left unchanged and how you know the problem of unemployment and labour is still kind of haunting Leipzig in a way, even though there's a plethora of students coming in for, for arts and culture. Um, and, and I think that informed how I thought about the work that they were producing and as well as the painting that I was making. Um, and I guess in a more mundane sense when you know I've made paintings about someone trying to see my bike. <laughs> even though it was this crappy bike. And, and you know <laughs> and then you kind of see, you know, in London if you leave a crappy bike around, no one would steal it. But mm. you know in life people are like, you know, it's a bike we'll take it. Interesting. Um, yeah. so, so it was that kind of an economic dynamic that you really noticed. Yeah. And I heard you say couple of minutes ago when you were talking about your experience in London at the Institute that you, you used to chat, no, no, when you were at the Slade yes. you would chat about art and that reminds me of a phrase you used to use on, <laughs> on, a, on a podcast, yes. the infamous chart <laughs> podcast okay. and I, I, I recommend that listeners look this up on platforms like Spotify, yeah, Apple, Spotify and Apple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so it's C-H-A-R-T <laughs> and you might find other things, so I don't know, is there a better way of locating it? Um, no, just, you know, chart podcast, C-H-A-R-T, yeah, and then yeah. you'll probably be able to find it. Yeah, because Christy and some of her friends on, I don't know if they were friends. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on, I'm actually meeting on, one of them for dinner. Oh, tonight. there you are, <laughs> on the MA in Contemporary Art, they, they, they it, what, it was pre- Pre-COVID, wasn't it? No, no, no. Uh, we oh, started it, during COVID. So it was started as yeah. many people started podcasts yeah. during COVID. Yeah, yeah, I was a bit of a latecomer to it, but it was partly because of listening to podcasts. But um, tell us about Chart, Christy, and who yeah. was on it, and, um, and and some of the things. Yeah. What, what were you trying to do with Chart? Um, I think when... So it was four of us, and when we all came into the Institute, um, we were quite taken back by how... Um, keen people were. <laughs> we were like, being very polite. Yeah, well, they are incredibly keen, yeah. which is wonderful, and they are, you know, one of the most just active people that I've ever met. Um, but you know, after a long day of lecture, and they'd be like, "Let's go to a few openings," and mm. Mara, me, Finn, and Javier would be like, "We're gonna go to the pump." <laughs> so that's how we became friends. And to chat about art yeah. rather than go and see it. Yeah, well, we chat about it and then we made a rule where yeah. we're like, right, whenever we're in the institute, we chat about art, and then whenever we're in the pub, we chat everything else but art. Great. Um, and, and we thought um, it would be quite nice to, to talk about art in a non-academic sense. We wanted to make it as accessible as possible um, because a lot of us didn't really come from a very artistic background. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't really grow up with art. I was just like I liked drawing, and, mm-hmm. and I kind of went into it. Um, and yeah, and uh, Javier was always into writing, and he's kind of like the black sheep of family. Everyone's like really um, businessy or mm-hmm. doctor. He's the old one out yeah. who happens to be yeah. artistic. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so so you know we were all kind of like weirdly sticking out, and we'd be like, okay, well. I think it would be nice for us to converse about it in, in, a, yeah, in a really laid-back way. Yeah, yeah. They, they were great to listen to. I remember, Thank you know, you. particularly during the lockdown, yeah. I, I would lie in the bath and listen to these, or I'd be cooking <laughs> and listening to them. And they were so funny as well. Yeah. I mean, they were very relaxed and, um, uh, you know, and, and, and introducing... Often, often it quite surprised me that these four MA contemporary art students would be talking about things like medieval art. You know? <laughs> and it's, 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 it was so good because, as you say, you're trying to get 
uh, other people who also don't have yeah. such an artistic background. Uh, you know, and as you know, there's a lot of pressures at the moment on yeah. the teaching of art history, even in even in this country that would kind of hold the flag up and say, oh, we're really artistic. Um, you know, there's big problems with the amount of art history that's now being taught in schools, particularly state schools, yeah. you know. And I'm involved in a couple of groups that are trying to kind of promote more of that. Yeah. But so something like your podcast was really, really good for people with no understanding yeah. of art to listen to and realise you don't actually have to be a snob or no, have right. to be good at language and criticism yeah. To, yeah. to actually appreciate what art's about. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> it is, you know, you see it and if you like it, you can dig deeper. And then it's, if you don't like it, then, you know, figure out why you don't like it. And then, you, you know, it, it's a way of slowly developing taste and slowly understanding why there's a big fuss about it yeah um, and you were you, you didn't hold your you didn't hold back your punches for certain contemporary <laughs> artists i remember jeff jeff coons oh, used God. to get a kicking <laughs> yeah. many times and i think mark quinn was another one that yeah. wasn't liked by one of your colleagues yeah it was um <laughs> you know, it was that time when you know he did the whole sculpture with black lives matter movement yes. and, and then you know the woman who was who was being sculpted, she was really happy because, you know, their, what they believe has been immortalized essentially by, by a statue, but, you know, him being a, a white, straight <laughs> You can male. say it, it's, it's exactly like me, a white <laughs> yeah. middle class male. And, and we're like, well, you know... <laughs> middle age. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, are you just jumping on, on the hype train? Yeah. Or do you genuinely have something to say about yes. it? And, and I think, um, yeah, you know, if people are able to be upset about um, certain politically correct or incorrect things um, in life, uh, then surely they can apply that and understand uh, that in, in art and what yeah. people do in art. Um, it's, you know, it's all interconnected. Um, no, de yeah. definitely. Um, and, um, and what happened to Charts in the end, the podcast? Uh, we all, well, okay, not <laughs> we all. <laughs> All three of them got jobs. Yes. <laughs> in the real world. In the real world. Uh, and I obviously, I stayed as a You patient. stayed in the unreal world. Uh, well, yeah, it's, it's quite nice. It's quite lovely. I'd go into the studio maybe once or twice a week. And, and the rest of the days, I would just be you know, chilling, reading, doing whatever yeah. I want. And then the podcast, you just didn't have time for. Yeah. It. And um, yeah, so everyone started having full-time jobs. So Wouldn't it, Have you ever thought of like, you know, one of these old old men's bands like the Rolling Stones or Pink Floyd getting back together and having re revisiting. It. We yeah. actually thought about it. Um, we, uh, obviously because Mara and I, we are in London and Finn is back in Belgium and Javier is in Spain. Oh, so Mara is your dinner, yes, dinner companion yeah, tonight. Yes. Oh. Uh, we're meeting a few other friends. Great. Yeah, and uh, I'm go we're, we're going to Freeze next week as well. Yes, together. of course. And we're, yeah. we're currently involved with yes. our current students yeah. with, with Freeze. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, Looking Finn forward coming, to that. Yeah, Finn is coming back to oh, London for, um, for the weekend, this yes. weekend. Um, so we, we thought about, you know, bringing it back, but then we would start a conversation and then, you know, it's like real life comes in and then they were like, oh shit, I've got work. You could do, maybe do a special edition on Freeze. Yeah, oh yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> Just Mara and I'd be like, ooh, what is well, this? Well, if you do, let me know and I'll let everyone know. And, you know <laughs> we're around, yeah. yeah. yeah it'd be great to hear you kind of read, you know, Back together again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so we've had a, we've had quite a long chat already, um, uh, and we're going to obviously talk later about your 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 artistic practice as as a, as a painter in particular. I think. Um, so, but I'm just going to come back to what I normally ask people at the start of the podcast of because I think it's just intro. We just get more of an idea of where you're coming from as an artist as well. Yeah. So, 
I hate being, I personally hate being asked what's your favourite because it changes all the yes. time. But if you, if someone held a gun to your head and said, what's your favourite city, what would it be? I think it would be London. I think that's what I want to say in London. Uh, one of the reasons why I started doing the MA was because after my bachelor's, um, I wanted to stay in the, in the country, but I didn't quite know what way. And I was like, you know what, I'll just do a master's. Um, I, Every, all, the, all the other art schools, the deadlines have already passed. So I was like, okay, I'll just do Sotheby's because I know someone who did it before and they recommend it. So I was like, okay, then I'll, I'll, I'll do it. Um, sorry, what was the question? <laughs> well, favorite. actually, I <laughs> was going to also... Yeah, it's I, my favorite city. The question I've got written down <laughs> is you currently live between Hong Kong and London. Yes. So what's your favorite city and why? Presumably, yes. you, are you from Hong Kong? I am from yes. Hong Kong, yes. And, and, and so it'd be quite interesting. What, maybe, maybe we could ask, you know, what do you like about Hong Kong and how, how does it differ from London and what um, are the pros and cons of each city? The thing is I no longer like Hong Kong as much. Yes. Um, the only reason why I live between it is because my parents are there. So it's okay. always nice for me to like go back and visit and you know have some food that and I And they've stayed can't. in Hong Kong yes. because I know a lot of people from Hong Kong who are bringing parents mm. over because of polit yeah. political reasons at the yeah. moment. Um, I'd love them to come but they're like, you know, they want yeah. to stay. Yeah, so that's okay, fair enough. Uh, I spend majority of my time in London though, because mm. um, I, I genuinely love London. It's mm. so vibrant. I've lived literally north, south, east, west, mm. central. I've lived everywhere around London. I'm just like, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where are you currently? In, in I am currently of... in Baker Street. In Baker Street? Yes. Wow. Right um, in the middle then. Yeah. Because um, I was living in Bow for a bit, and I was like, mm. this is too far for me. Cockney. So, East oh God! Yeah, our neighbor was insane. They were, they were, they would come up to us and be like, "We were born and bred Cockney. We're so proud." I was like, "Yeah, yes, yeah, I, yeah but don't be rude to you know, young <laughs> oh, people." Oh, they've been a little bit racist with they? Um, no, not that. No, not that not way. They racist, but just sort but... of, oh, just pr over proud of what they. Yeah. And, yeah. And, oh, just no, I've bumped into people like that yeah. as well. And then they would argue. <laughs> Yeah, for listeners' benefit, if you're, we have a phrase in London that if you're born within the sound of Bow Bells, i.e. the churches of Christopher Wren's church at Bow, um, you're a Cockney, yeah. and you speak a certain way, yeah. and you use kind of certain kinds of language, like, um, for example, if you say everything went a bit peak tong, you mean it went wrong. <laughs> I've never heard of that. I no, that. yeah, I was at school with Pete Tong, actually, he used to do our, our disco at Amazing. school, yeah, and That's now awesome. of course he's the big DJ. But uh, that, so he's entered the Cockney language as well. Okay. So it's it, the words that you're purporting to use. It actually rhymes with the second word of the name that you're using. Ah, uh, I see. Interesting. <laughs> but yeah, um, so you know, London is great. I yeah. Do love anyway, London. yes, <laughs> a little bit of a side thing there. Um, and 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 a favourite building doesn't have to be in London. Um, Piece of architecture that moved you or you know, you love. Or... Oh, you know what. Difficult uh, question. No, uh, I think we actually learned about it here when we were oh. learning about Richard Wilson, I believe, and mm. he is a, he's you know a British sculptor, and he did a commission with the LSE building, mm -hmm. just around Holborn Chancery Lane. Yeah, they love school of yeah, building. Yeah, and it was like uh, it was basically like deconstructed construction of this one building that. That they had. Mm -hmm. um, you can literally just walk past it, right next to a few pubs, you know, if you're on a pub call, <laughs> you, can, you can walk past it, look at it, I was like, wow, amazing. Um, yeah, and I think that would be my favourite building because it's so, it's quite subtle and 
Um, everything, every single time I walk past it now, in particular, it kind of reminds of good times when I was in Sotheby's, and um, yeah, I mean, it's it's quite nice to have a little bit of art, you know, everywhere you go, and I think that's also why I love London so much because there's so much. Um, just outside yeah. art. Yeah, and everywhere. quite a lot of surprises yes. like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Richard Wilson's house near near the LSE. Uh, yeah. Oh, is it? Is that, I think, is that the same Richard Wilson that did the amazing oil tanks in Saatchi, underneath the Saatchi gallery? Ooh. It was called 2020 and he just mm. fills the whole basement with oil. Yeah, and I think I've, I saw it, but I don't I think I don't it's Richard Wilson. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, it could be him. I, I don't yeah. know. But conceptual and yes. always challenging um, the status quo. Yeah. So, I think yeah. the, the, the most famous one that he made was the one in Liverpool where he cut out a bit of the building, which is like really, like maybe more than 10 years, and it would just spin That's right. within the, the, the building. That was fascinating. <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> yes. And of course, Liverpool has a, a biennial, an art yes. biennial. We took the MAL business students one That's year right. to that, and there's a Tate in Liverpool yeah. as well. So that was a wonderful experience. Yeah. Um, very, very interesting city for listeners if they're you know, looking for another yeah. art world to yeah. see outside of London. And also, yeah. um, you know, with like land art and public art, um, I, it, it, it's a Munster sculpture project. Mm -hmm. They do that every 10 years. So the next one will be 2027. Yeah. But, you know, if anyone's interested, look it up. They have the permanent uh, sculptures where you can literally just like visit anywhere. It's in Münster in Germany. Um, and when it's during the, the project, it's like the entire city is filled with land art. It is amazing. Wow. I remember going with um, a few friends from Slade back in 2017. Yes, so we it's every there, 10 years. We were there in, uh, for five days and we couldn't see all of it. Amazing. Yeah. That sounds good as well. Yeah, architecture is, is something that we often ignore in the art world. And we, we, we take ML business, but we take them to the art biennale, yeah. but we also, we also take them to the, back to Venice yes. for the architectural biennale, which happens every other year. And we're going to yeah. hope we probably will be going next year. And the students, the students at first say, oh, you know, this is Southern Business Institute of Art. It's yeah. not architecture. Go to the Architectural Association next yeah. door in Bedford Square. And we say, no, actually, architecture is a, you know, architects, contemporary architects think like, like artists that, yes. and, you know, the themes of the architectural biennale are actually really, really philosophical and the yeah. head of the game. So, um, so you know, it, it, it's it's something that we've always kind of studied separately from yeah. the arts and but what's that we should I do. I think it's completely interlinked. So. Absolutely. Um, and uh, do you, you, you obviously love the cities. Do you have anywhere that you escape to outside of the city? It can be by the ocean or it could be like in the, in the mountains or wherever. Do you, is there a place that you particularly love outside of city life? I don't think so. <laughs> I just city really girl. like being a city. Um, yeah, I, 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 under, I understand yeah. that. I understand that. I maybe maybe one day, yeah. like a lot of artists, you'll decide to head out to St. Ives yeah. or up to the Albany Or Market, you know. <laughs> okay, yeah, why not? Not necessarily. I'm yeah. not too fond of. That's I like nature, but I don't really like the escape. Yeah, for a few days. Like if I do, I would go there for like a whole month. Yeah. And then I'm okay. I'm so bored. I'm ready to go back to the city. But um, <laughs> normally, you know, I'm always either be in Victoria Park or Regent's Park if I <coughs> need something somewhere to relax. Which is also, I think, something we see in your art as well, in the titles of the works. It's yeah. like, someone stole my bike. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of urban life, which yeah. is uh, yeah, it's really interesting. Have you ever considered like street art, or is that um, something that appeals not, to you? Well, actually, during COVID, because um, 
this painting at home, it has definitely limited the size of you know the paintings we can make. So I thought about painting outside, but I was like, oh, do, would it would I be arrested for like? Um, <laughs> I don't know. So I was like, okay, I probably won't do that. Yeah, people were. Yeah. Do you remember in early COVID in this country, yeah. a couple of women walking their dogs were arrested in a park mm. because oh they shouldn't have been there. Oh you know, it didn't yeah. last long that kind of thing, but yeah, yeah, it was quite strict at one point, and. Um, any favourite music? Do you, do you listen to music while yes. you Always, yeah. always. Um, so it kind of goes from that kind of like lo-fi house music to <laughs> metal. So there's no in-between, it's either <laughs> or. <laughs> lo-fi house music to metal. It's yes. lovely the kind of gen the, yes. the genres we have for, for, for contemporary music. Isn't yeah. It? Um, and metal meaning the... Um, so when I was your, your age... <laughs> We, we had like heavy metal that developed. Yeah. Um, so um, I guess yeah. like Meshuggah. Um, this is kind of almost like a postmodern yeah. version of so heavy like, metal. It, there's also progressive metal that I really <laughs> like. <laughs> Great. So it would be like Architects. Um, yeah, Meshuggah is not quite progressive metal. but um, The essential feature being it hits your ears hard. Um, no, I just genuinely really enjoy it. Mm. And you know, I, I like what energy. they're saying. The energy is... Yeah beautiful um the lyrics are often i love them like it makes me so i feel so alive <laughs> um and, and a lot of it is not really what it used to be where it's a lot about you know people were have the stigma that it's it's very much about hate and it's very much about violence but really um they i think a lot of artists they make you make yourself look inwards and, mm -hmm. and it's more about themselves and and the sense of being and yeah. I think not a lot of music, particularly like pop music, they don't really do that, um, yeah. which is why I really love it. And in my age, like heavy metal was pretty male-based, yeah. is it <laughs> still like that, or are there women metal? Um, yeah, there, there are women metal bands, but I'm not really interested. <laughs> it doesn't really matter, it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think it's still relatively male-centric, but um, mm. you know the, the audience is very diverse. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and and that, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of artists that I speak to, they 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 nearly all listen to music yeah. uh, when they when they when they're working, which is always yeah. quite interesting what they're listening <laughs> to. And um, favorite art, artwork, and maybe may, actually maybe yeah, what do you have a favorite work of art? That's probably an impossible question. No, I, yeah. yeah, I mean. <laughs> It also changes. Yeah, exactly. Here and there, yeah, yeah all the time. But, um, but but has have you seen anything recently in a gallery, or have you any memories of when you're on BMA Contemporary Art, visiting a gallery and getting really into a work, you know, that you were looking at, or does it all just feed in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like lately, I've been seeing so many shows because everything mm. is having private views and openings recently. Yeah. So I've, I've just been like looking at so much that I Aye. need some time to like not think about it. But yeah, um, yeah, I don't, really, I can't really give you a name. <laughs> that's, that's, it's yeah. it's one of those totally times when whenever yeah. someone asks you for a few names, you're like, <laughs> yeah, your brain you, just freezes. And you don't want to go down on record as so she's. And then then some critic later will say, oh, you know, she's really into Leger or whatever. <laughs> you know, and you think, no, I'm not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can I see. Did. But <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and what, well, maybe another question is your earliest memories of art. You've already spoken about you used to draw, but yes. can you remember your first experience of art? Um, I wouldn't say it's, you know, fine art as we know it, but mm. um, so my parents, they are in the event, they're in the event industry. So I see a lot of, you know, lighting and 
how they play with lighting art, like a lot of technicians going insane out there. Wow, this is a wonderful, you know, their equipment is like super big. There's so many buttons and it was like, ooh, and it's really fun. Um, and then my, my dad really liked drawing cartoons. So we would draw cartoons together. And of course, growing up in Hong Kong, lots of anime from Japan yeah. coming in, watched a lot of that, drew a lot of it. Um, and then I started doing floor arrangement with my mum. Uh, it's called Ikebana, which is yeah, a again, Japanese way of... Yeah, we use that term, yeah. actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I learned that for eight years. And, mm. and, uh, and I still you know, continued drawing and mainly drawing mm. before I left Hong Kong. Uh, and then I went into uh, sixth form in the UK. Um, mm. And then I did, you know, fine art. Art A level. Art A level, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I did that very yeah. badly. <laughs> no, I think it, it's good fun. <laughs> It was I listened to the other day, Damien Hurst. I think he got an F, he, you know, he got an E just oh above a fail for his yeah. <laughs> look like what doesn't surprise me. Yeah, but, you know, it, it's good fun and I think it's very academic. It's, mm. a, it's a very structured way to yeah. teach art, which was really stressful. But um, mm. I was fortunate enough to have this wonderful painting tutor, uh, teacher, Peter Lelliot. If you're listening, hello, haven't seen you for ages. But um, he really helped me find a, like find my voice in painting. Um, yeah, and he you know he back then he went to RCA as well and mm -hmm. went to the Netherlands to study painting. He's still a practicing artist. And this was for your A level. Yeah. Oh, where, where where did you study? Uh, at Cheltenham. The Cheltenham Ladies College. Uh, not in Ladies. <laughs> Cheltenham College. Yeah. Cheltenham College. Yeah. No, interesting. Yeah. Um, so he was our art teacher. So he was like a part-time art teacher, and then we had another one. Who Peter Lelliot. Yes. So thank you, Peter. Yes. For, thank um, you, Peter. You have made me who <laughs> I am today. <laughs> yeah. And 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 you then you then went into Slade. Can did that? Did you just continue doing from A level and doing yeah. what you were doing yeah. to a certain extent? Um, I oh, think... Actually, I just want to come back and say when you were talking about like early memories of art in in Hong Kong, yeah. like. An anime, you were drawing cartoons and so yes. on, and then you also did a cabana flower arrangement. I think, I think listeners, um, you know, I'll put some links in so you can you can look at yeah. Christie's work. Um, I, I certainly can see it, those influences still in that work, which tends yeah. to be quite abstract. I think, but we'll talk about it in a moment. But yeah, that's the memories of Slade, and then and then, at what point did you did you first? display your art um, like to, to, to strangers if that makes sense yeah. as opposed to your peers i think it was uh towards the end of my first year and then a few friends also from hong kong you know like because you know in art school we often put on group shows together uh, so we're like you know let's put a show together and i was like yeah great and then um so we did our first show or at least my first show i reckon um a group show in hong kong mm -hmm. at rossi and rossi gallery because i think uh, some of these who work there, they they used to go to Slade, so we had some links. So we're like, okay, well, can we use your space during summer? Because often summer is the time when the art world sleeps. Yeah, <laughs> August in particular. Yeah, closes um, down. So uh, yeah, so so mm. that was you know my first. And did you have show. to? Did was your work already in Hong Kong, or did you have to t transport some oh, of it? So we all painted in. So yeah. we were all home. You were there for, for the holidays. Yeah. Great. So you just produced the works yeah, and had a show. Was, and yeah, how great. did you market that? Um, so we had, actually we had someone who studied here. So we said, okay. she was doing a bit of the PR, a bit of curating. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so we kind of just let her do it because, you know, yeah. we were just confused. Well, at least I was. I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. May I ask who that was? Um, Sabrina Chen. Sabrina Chen, who yeah. did the MA business. Uh, I believe so, yeah. 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 Um, Hi, Sabrina. Hello. <laughs> well um, done. <laughs> and also Alessandra, Alessandra Chawa Tam, and she mm. did History of Art at ECL. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's great that yeah. you were all together. Yeah. And, uh, I, th I, think, I think, you know, one of the things about the Institute, for example, is that, you know, our, our students kind of hate one another. <laughs> <laughs> they're competing with one another while yeah. they're studying. And yet, and yet they all become Constant, very networked yeah. and friendly when yeah. they when they leave. And yeah. I know that they all keep in touch with one another. And there's an example of that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and did you did you sell anything? May I ask? Or what, I, if, if, yes, actually, yeah. I did. So was that your first sale? It was. It was. Uh, yeah. It was quite exciting. Um, so we had, you know, we had a normal opening, and then mm. someone was like, "I would like to buy this." And I'm like, "Okay, sick." <laughs> was that the preview evening? You had yeah. a private, private view thing. Yeah. And, and someone that came in and, and, yeah, and wanted it, and I was like, I'm sick, how did it go on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that, that was a very, very exciting. <laughs> yes. And how, how large was, was that? A, that was a canvas? Was yes. It? Yeah, because I think you use, a, you, you use acrylic. No, I use oil. You just, yes. of course you no, do, sorry. Don't worry. <laughs> My apologies, Every, lots of people use acrylic to take. Actually, talk about that, because obviously when you talk to artists, they they like acrylic for various reasons that it kind of dries more quickly yeah. and you know it's less expensive so wh why why do you prefer oil to acrylic i think that just generally goes back to when i was in um, high school in sixth mm. form uh, we were given acrylics and you know water-based oil yeah. and i just find you know oil retains pigment very well it yes. retains the color and acrylic just kind of goes dull and i really didn't like it and um, the way that oil moves is just so different for me at least, and, and I really enjoy just, you know, pushing paint around. And mm -hmm. so, it has a different feel yeah. under the brush to yes. the acrylic. Uh, yeah, and I like touching it as well, you yeah. know, with a glove and over the ha It's really interesting how, like, Georgia Dimmitt talks about yeah. that, and she, she likes to roughen her canvas yes. with a black background by putting, like, sand in it. Yeah. She just likes then the feel of it under her fingers, but also under the brush. Yeah. So it's interesting the way we don't, you think of paint as being quite remote to a certain extent. And then, of course, you think, no, that's wrong because yeah, there's Vincent van Gogh and, you know, yeah. loads of artists. We see their thumbprints yeah. sometimes in yeah, the work. Exactly. So it's almost like a sculptural medium on that level. I, 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 well, sculpture is really different for me. Do, do you do sculpture? I don't because yeah. I think I genuinely suck at it. Like, I, I tried, <laughs> like, I really tried. <laughs> Uh, I remember trying to make sculptures in, in, in sixth form. I tried uh, as part of your art. No, no, so. just you know, because it was there. So I was like, yeah. why not? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then when I was at Slade, I was like, okay, I'm gonna try again. I bought mm. twenty five kilos of clay. <laughs> uh, we, you know, we had a kiln. Must have come in on a lorry. No, no, we uh, we had a trolley. So there's uh, a, yeah. a place right next to Slade where yeah. they sell like clay and glazes and so on. Be, yeah. So my friend and I, we just like took a trolley, trolley out. <laughs> like going past UCLH and everything that's in between and then grab some clay, slap like two clay on and lots of glazes and wheeled it back. It was so loud, it was so annoying. Um, but I ended up making some, but they always broke before they completely dried because I was like painting, I just knock it over. <laughs> yeah, so I never managed to make any, any clay stuff. Oh, yeah. well one day you might come back yes. to that. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm always amazed when someone I think of as a, as a it's the wrong word, but two D painter yeah. suddenly then produces sculptures. So, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, someone else I did a podcast with Kojo Marfo, Ganeen yeah. Bourne, 
uh, you know, British painter, yeah. we think of as a painter, but he, he suddenly starts doing these amazing sculptures, yeah. you know, that are actually very similar to the figures in his paintings. Yeah. And, you know, I thought, I didn't know you could do sculpture. <laughs> oh, I do a lot of things, you know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that, that sold. And um, was it a particular painting? Did it have a name? Uh, I honestly don't remember. Can't remember. Do you give your paintings titles or do yes. you? Yeah, they yes. always have titles. They all have titles, uh, particularly after. Um, well, yeah, after Sotheby's, I think, or during Sotheby's, because I always struggle. With, you know, you learn about artists and then they call their works untitled. And I was like, <laughs> Like, why would you do that? I don't understand. Do you what find that frustrating? I, I find it very so frustrating. frustrating. I do. Yeah. Um, and, and for me, all the paintings kind of, uh, they come from individual events. Mm. So for me, it's a way to, you know, rem like mark that event for myself. And yeah. also, um, it's a way for me to revisit and, and kind of play with what I was feeling and the experience of it. And then, you know, translate it into paint. Um, and so, do you, would you say you use quite poetic titles or fairly basics? Depends. <laughs> it really depends. Um, so very recently I've been reading, like I, I kind of read books and occasionally take certain um, quotes just completely out of context. Mm. Um, and sometimes it would just be like finding a park, sorry, finding a park to nap in, which is a very recent painting of mine, mm. uh, <laughs> which was actually a, an in Seoul for Freeze. Mm. Well, not not in books, but it was on a show there for, yeah. So that was really fun. Well, that's great. Well, satellite show in Seoul. Yes. Yeah, because just for the listeners, the <clears throat> some of you may know that Freeze has just had an edition in Seoul. Yes. Uh, in South Korea, which I believe went very well. Several people I know went well, out there yeah. and they, they loved it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was great. And, uh, and then the most recent one that I kind of got was, was it? Um, I still feel blue even when the skies aren't. The skies. The skies aren't blue. Oh I yes, still I still feel blue, blue even, even when the skies aren't blue. Something on those lines I can't blue. remember. Yeah. Was that from a book that you it, read? It was from a short story. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but what I was going to ask is, does that title then inspire you to to make a work, or do you do you, or do you give the work a title once you've made it? It's. It, again, it really depends. Mm. You know, I would see that title, and then if I feel very much about it. Uh, or feel strong towards it, then I would take certain personal emotions and you know put it into the work. Or mm -hmm. it would be an event that happened, and I was like, "How oh, that's funny! I will paint about it." Uh, and then I'll be like, "Okay, so what? What was this painting really about for me?" And then um, and I will come up with you know a title that speaks to me, and and I want the title to be a part of the work. I want people to be able to understand the piece a bit better, but also they can also conjure up their own, you know, ideas of what that work could be to them. Mm. Um, and I think that's what I, like, what I want to do with, you know, painting and titles. Yeah, it's yeah. a bit like, a, you know, the title of a poem or the title of a novel or the title of a chapter in yeah. a novel. It sets the keynote, so it allows the reader, or in this case the viewer, a way into the work. It's a yeah. suggesting a way into the work, yes, really. Yes, absolutely. Um, I even, I mean, I, I know on chart he was another of your kind of bet noirs, Damien Hirst though, you know, he, what he's good at is coming up with amazing titles like for his spin painting. So yes. he does a spin painting, he looks at it and thinks, oh, that reminds me of them. They're always quite, I always think that they're quite humorous or funny yeah. or quite, often quite moving. Yeah. But he's very good at that. And of course he's, I think he's quite good at writing as yeah. well. He's done quite a lot of writing and poetry, but you know, 
Yeah, I'm sure she's like incredibly Love him or hate him. (laughs) But I think it is important with still with contemporary artists, which is interesting to title their works. Of course, a lot of, you know, when you were studying, um, you did the elective with me, I think. Yes, I did. I did an elective in Antiquities and Old Masters, and I I think nearly all of the chart team were on Yeah, I think Javier Marnie. (laughs) (laughs) Which is amazing, which was fantastic, having MACA students on Antiquities and Old Masters. But... Do you remember we talked about the fact that most old master paintings that we see in like the National Gallery yes. in London, the titles are modern. Yeah. <laughs> and they're often not right. I, I did a piece about Botticelli's Venus and Mars where I challenged the notion that in the Renaissance they would have actually, you know, it was a modern name, that they would have actually thought of it as Venus and Mars, oh. or that they thought of it as that, but it was there were other things that it is. Yeah. Um, I think I think names of paintings that are given later, it's a bit wrong really. I think it's also, um, I, I suppose back in days, um, there's a bit more geeky thing and, and mm. people are potentially scared that it might offend a yes. certain elitist patron that they had. Yes. And, and I think right now we kind of removed a little bit of that classist um, way of uh, approaching the art world. Yes, what, I, to yeah. give it a name. Yes, yeah. no, that's true. That's, that's true, actually. Um, so so um, you're, could you just say something about the, the, the physics of your painting, if I can call it that, the, the, how you handle the material. So could, could you just tell the, the readers typically how you would, how you begin and then progress and then finish a um, work? I always, I always go with like unprimed linen yeah. and I'll prime it myself. Linen? Yes. Yeah. So sometimes I would uh, use clear gesso, sometimes white primer. Mm-hmm. So that already starts to inform how I paint because mm. I prime really thinly, mm-hmm. firstly because I like, again, the texture of how linen feels, but mm. also I'm very lazy. <laughs> so you see people like doing three layers of priming, and I'm just like, how can you do that? They, and then they sand it and they pre-prime it, and I was like, I cannot do this. Um, and that so, gives it a nice smooth surface, yes. does it? Yeah. And, and, and for me, I kind of like it when you know, parts of it is a bit smooth, parts of it is a bit rough. Um, mm. And I would sometimes like throw pigment on it while I'm priming, Mm-hmm. So that would leave certain marks already and, and quite gestural marks and mm-hmm. kind of start there and then uh, go with it and see what happens mm-hmm. and then you know flip it around, flip it a few times, take a picture, flip it around again on my phone and then yeah, uh, yeah. and then that's kind of how I start that's painting. Interesting. Yeah. So it actually begins on kind of like an alia tree, like throwing a dice thing, like you yeah. might even throw some pigment and it creates abstract. Yeah. And then that will begin to inform the rest of the yeah. work. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. And then and then you said something about you will often then photograph, put it in your phone and then play it. Do you play around with it digitally at that point? Um, not necessarily digitally, mm-hmm. but just, you know, change the rotation a lot. And, oh, and, and right. um, you know, use put it on Instagram and yeah. then colour it and block things out. Yes. See if it works and then if it works then I'll try it on the canvas. I see. Because yeah. that's quite similar to Georgia Dimmitt's yeah. process where she keeps taking a photograph and then, but she uses software to kind of manipulate and then that becomes part of the work. So that, it's really interesting that, that younger artists are, are, are playing with that technological yeah. world. Because, you know, it's a, it's a, if it aids you, then why not? Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's something that obviously artists 50 years ago just couldn't do. Yeah, you know? exactly. So that's great that you're using. And yet you're still using a fairly traditional medium of, of um, linen and yes. um, linen and oil, oil and linen. Because yeah. I think painting, you know, we tend to think of oil and canvas but I think, you know, people in the Renaissance, they were using linen sometimes, yes. yeah. yeah. Uh, I guess with linen, it's a lot more durable. That's something that I recently learned. I always yeah. like the colour of it. Um, it's just quite expensive. 
um, but you know, I I'm really fortunate to be able to kind of make mm-hmm. painting out of it and and uh, be able to kind of support that practice. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. And you said that your first group show was in Hong Kong yes. with um, and that was the that was in two thousand seventeen. Seventeen, yeah. Yes. And then um, can you remember your, what was your first solo show? Could you? Um, it was last December. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was last December with the artist room uh, in Soho, and uh, yeah, it was great. It was you know really well received, and we're actually opening a new solo next Tuesday. So you're welcome to come. Definitely, yeah. Well, please um, and give the give the link and yes, um, I can put it on the invite. podcast. Yeah. So people should go along. Yeah. It's a very busy week, obviously yes, freeze week, course, but, yeah. but 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 pop in as you're going through. So it's a great space. Yeah. Have a look at Christie's work. There. Absolutely. Um, yeah, <laughs> but so that's a solo show. Yeah, that's a solo yeah. show with the artist room, and it's going to be in collaboration with Simon Lee Gallery. Wow. So we have so we have their basement space. Yes. Well, it, it's quite exciting. I'm opening with Sonia Boys. And I can't believe it. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, so wow. we're in the same space. Um, and that's, but solo, but in the same space. Yes. So, but but still, you know. Yeah, it's still it's a you know a two venue. Solo. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, I will really try and come down to yes, that. Yes, that'd be so. great. <laughs> and um, you 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 talked about a residency in Leipzig. Yes. Um, can you tell the listeners more about what what a are artist residences <laughs> and how do you get them and which ones have you had and which you because I believe you're about to go to yes. LA. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so with residencies, the idea is that you fully submerge yourself to a different um, atmosphere, different surrounding, and see how that informs your work. I, I think for a certain artist, like me, I am very much informed by what surrounds me. So going to different residencies really give me like a fresh kind of pair of eyes to, mm-hmm. to see the world as, as it is. Um, so yeah, and then you, you'd be there, it kind of would be, you know, a month, three months, sometimes two years, it really depends on residency. Um, and is it a kind of prize or do you have to pay for it? So there's a few. So yeah. there's ones where um, people invite you. Yes. And then there's ones where you pay for it yes. and you apply. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the one that in Leipzig I applied and, and, you know, you have to kind of pay for it and yeah. find your own way and how to live there and <laughs> sublet something. Um, <laughs> And, and, and sometimes you, you are invited to residencies mm. where um, they, you know, they accommodate you, they, you know, feed you whatever, sort you out with materials and so on, and you make work, and normally that would end with a show. Yes. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, the next one's going to be in Los Angeles. Yes, correct. Yeah. Uh, in December. Fantastic. And is that one that you have done yourself or that you've been invited I've been invited fantastic that so that <laughs> this is part I guess of what in our business we see as the artist career trajectory that yeah. you'll begin you start with group shows yes. after college and you have your first sale and then you then you you have your first solo show and if with any luck it's it's with someone who's more famous than yeah. you and then you begin to get invites noticed yeah. internationally and you Absolutely. get invited to residences yeah. so yeah so you're would you describe yourself as emerging? As I, I think we're all still emerging. Emerging, yeah. yeah I don't you know, like emerging those Emerging young artists. The, the, the art market yeah. likes to use these terms, and I'm yeah. certain I like, you know. And they always associate, they're quite ageist about it, because mm. I, I remember an art prize that I'm a judge on, sculpture prize, the first yeah. who went to a woman in her 60s, and she'd just never been noticed before. Yeah. But she was kind of a, what I thought of as a kind of emer- you know, is she an emerging artist? She's been making all her life, she just hasn't yeah. been noticed. Yeah. Know? So um, th- those definitions are quite weird, I yeah. think. Um, 
And um, yeah, the, the next question really was the change, how does the change in location affect your art? But I think we've really talked about yeah, that to a certain extent. So do you have any plans for the future, Christy? So after LA, is there anything else coming? LA, well, we're kind of chatting. We're still kind of figuring mm. out what to do. Mm. Um, I might be doing something in Korea, or maybe Japan, mm -hmm. uh, maybe uh, in Hong Kong. It really depends. Mm. Uh, and another another question, of course, would be that we haven't discussed is, um, you know, you've obviously sold work to private collectors, yes. but have you have you sold or had it? Have you given it? Sometimes artists do, I know, to any kind of public galleries and where might those galleries be? Um, yeah, so I had a show, a group show in Beijing this summer and mm. I think uh, Pete went to the X Museum yes. uh, in Beijing and uh, I think there was another one also in Beijing and mm -hmm. um, I think there was a work recently acquired uh, by the I don't know how to pronounce it. The Sablanovich um, Gallery yeah. <laughs> in, in Cam, up in Camden, up at uh, Kentish Town. I think so. Yeah. Um, so that was you know a recent acquisition. Yeah. Uh, that was wow, two weeks ago. So that was yeah. very exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember during during lockdown, they were one of the you know you know when you're on Instagram and it suddenly yeah. says so and so's gone live. Yeah. They were always <laughs> having. They were brilliant. They were yeah. always having live chats with artists yeah. on that. And That's awesome. Are they going to do that with? With you I or have no idea. I honestly, I don't even know which piece. It was like yeah. a very new, it's kind of news for me as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think recently you were interviewed. Could you say a little bit about that? Um, yeah. With Ocular. Ocular. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I, th I think uh, with them it was it was quite funny because it was uh, because a friend of mine who I live with is friends with someone who works there, mm -hmm. and then they were suddenly chatting about me. And then uh, she was like, oh, well, I live with her now. And I was like, ah. <laughs> uh, and then she was like, oh, I, and then she, the, the woman who, um, who interviewed me recently, she was like, oh, I wrote about my solo show last year. So, so it kind of came full circle. And then she was like, can we do an interview again? And I was like, yeah, of course. Um, so she came to our, my studio. So we had like a really long chat. And it was great fun. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. And hopefully not too much overlap with what we've been talking about. No, no, about not today. at all. So you could put a link to that yeah, maybe yeah, on the on the podcast. Yeah. Um, well, I don't. I think probably we've covered most of the yeah. the, the the stuff, and and you know, I look forward to seeing your show next week. Thank you. And um, people people go and see that down and in the artist rooms in Soho. Yes. And um, uh, enjoy freeze. Uh, in, in, enjoy your meal with friends, <laughs> Mara and other friends yeah. tonight. Send them my good wishes and. Um, uh, Look for some more guests for them. I shall. <laughs> I shall happily. Anyway, thank you very much, Christy, for being a guest on the podcast it's today. It's been a pleasure.